Hey everyone, C-Note here, and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like being a millennial, which I am, and uh, essentially we have no idea what's going on. But we're no different than any other generation, we're just the ones willing to admit quite sooner uh, that we have no idea what we're doing, and we're not really trying to pretend like we know what we're doing. And um, we're going to talk all about that today on this episode, which relates to millennial self-deprecation. We're going to talk about that in the sense that, um, well, I've noticed that much of millennial culture is steeped in a self-awareness that tends to manifest as self-deprecation. There is a lot of popular media, memes, and products made by people like Adam J.K. that expresses a sense of internal struggle with a dash of lighthearted charm. Um, So throughout this episode, I try to figure that out, why that is, and a bit about the internal conflict that a lot of us struggle with. So it's not really just about millennials, but millennials are the ones that are being at the forefront of all of this. People are noticing millennials because we're we're in our 30s and we are the kind of middle ground of, you know, we're starting to make decisions in life and we're trying to, we're starting to become, uh, um, uh, you know, a bigger part of sort of a power turnover that's happening. And, um, you know, that happens with every generational change. You know, baby boomers are starting to slowly move out, sadly. Um, some would beg differently, but you know, they are our parents and our grandparents. So it is sad. So don't be a jerk about it. And, um, you know, we're starting to step in and take a sense of responsibility. And, um, some of the millennial culture has to do with us expressing ourselves in ways that maybe we felt our predecessors weren't able to. And, um, there are some challenges with that, but there are definitely plenty of good things. So we break all of that down today on this episode of dopamine, where we talk about millennial self-deprecation. Let's do it. Hit the button, do the thing. Drums, please. Hi, welcome to the show. How's it going? Happy Thursday. Thursday is like Thor's day. It is the God of Hammer's day. (laughs) Uh, Hope you're doing well. Hope everything's going okay. I'm I'm still a bit foggy from I'm still I'm recording this episode on you know, the same day that I recorded yesterday's episode. So um, I'm still all sorts of foggy. So I'm going to do the best that I can to go through this episode. Uh, Again, I want to just thank you guys for continuing to appreciate the show. We just passed 30,000 listens. It's fantastic. Um, In the description for this show, you can find a link to our, uh, to a survey to help us understand the audience a little bit better. I just want to know what topics you guys find the most interesting and because I, I get demographics based on like numbers, but I don't really know anything about you guys. So I want to know um, what's the most interesting to you, what's resonating re- resonating with you. I get a couple voice messages with that, but certainly I want to hear more from you guys. Um, may or may not change what the show would be about, but it certainly helps to know a little bit about you know what's working. And uh, occasionally I, I hear some good things about people hearing how the show has helped them, you know, move forward. And, uh, that's really amazing. So that's really all I'm trying to do. And the reason that I'm doing that is because, well, a lot of my generation are feeling a bit stuck (laughs) and, uh, we're dealing with a lot of frustrations and with that frustration comes, 
a lot of self-deprecation, which is interestingly unique about my generation is this consistent self-deprecation. There's a ton of memes about like, you know, kind of like a before and after about like, this is me on a good day and this is me normally or something like that. And it's like two trash bags, you know, it's like stuff about things about um, things that are really funny about like, you know, wasting money or like going on trips or um, there's a, a, like a car on fire and it says when everything is going wrong in your life, but you're used to it, you know, um, my life summed up. I'm a man, a woman. Nope. They checked a failure. Um, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and then another meme says like found my place of birth and it's called mistake Island. So there's just like a ton of self-deprecating humor and millennials eat it up and we love it. And it's really fascinating because a lot of the sites that I look up for to, to look this up are just like a lot of older people trying to be like, want to understand millennials understand the way they think. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, to me, I, I, the pattern is as clear as day. You know, a lot of the people that are doing really well on Instagram, there's a lot of products that are selling that have things that are filled with self, uh, self-deprecating humor. Um, Molly recently showed me, um, Adam JK, who is someone that is, um, basically a lot of his stuff is very self-deprecating but or you know just very like whatever you know and it's like another part of it is um really what triggered this this um this theme this topic as it were was a most recent post by adam jk that said do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life but never work a day in your life is crossed out and then it says work super fucking hard all the time with no separation or any boundaries and also take everything extremely personally and um you know it's like it's like millennials are helping each other become continually self-aware which I think is good. It's a good place of development. I mean, the first, first part of, of becoming a slightly better version of yourself is realizing, uh, you know, where you are, but also because it's framed in humor, like, I think there is more incentives to stay within that place. So I think it's going to be a little bit harder for a lot of millennials to want to grow from that. Uh, I, I personally am a little annoyed by it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's cute. But you're also like, shitting on yourself. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and, um, so Adam JK creates a lot of like really cutesy. And, and there's this thing is like, you, it's this contrast of like really cutesy, bright, um, you know, sort of, uh, uh, really fantastic. Like unicorns are a big thing, <laughs> you know, hearts and colors and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, it'll have stuff on it that says like nothing matters and good things happen. Love is real. We will be okay. Um, which is nice. <laughs> uh, and, and you know, there's like this mix of like, every time you'll get like a, you'll get the honesty that comes out of it, you know, like the one I just read, like everything will be okay. But then there are other times where it's just like, you know, at least you're cool on the internet, <laughs> you know, um, uh, other things that say like all of my projects are quote unquote passion projects, um, you know, and, and stuff like that, you know, there's just like, it's a really interesting time to think about that, to think about millennials and, and why it is that, that a lot of us feel this way. And, you know, it's certainly, I feel like it's a changing of the guard. It's a transition. I think a lot of millennials are trying to make their own way. We're trying to create a better life for ourselves because we have an opportunity to, a lot of our parents instilled this idea of like, yeah, you could do whatever you want. You can go to college, but they didn't, you know, bank on us spending a lot of money on, um, 
on tuition and not being able to pay it and being stuck with a lot of debt. And I think that's a large common frustration with millennials is like not being able to pay, being able to pay off their debt and, um, you know, not, not being able to afford things, prices and things are getting higher. Housing's getting more difficult. Um, and we want more experiences, whereas previous generations wanted more stuff. And we just want to feel a greater sense of fulfillment. Even within relationships, millennials are trying to find someone who is a little bit more akin to a soulmate as opposed to someone that just lives in your building, you know, which is uh, something that I, there was a the Aziz Ansari book, um, Modern Romance is really good at spelling that out. If you want something that's going to really dive deep into the relationship angle of it, that was an example that I just pulled from that book is that back in the day, you know, you used to just like kind of marry someone that was like on your street or when you're within your group of friends or like in the same apartment building. Cause it's like, you know, Oh, they're nice enough. <laughs> you know, the bar is a lot lower, but we have greater access to things these days. We have greater access to people. We've got Tinder, we've got dating sites, we've got other things, other ways to connect with people. And it's the same with businesses and trying to do things. We see the infinite possibilities, but we also see the infinite evils and madness and terribleness that is still kind of latched onto, you know, like corrupt systems and an old world that we're really frustrated by. So it, there's just a lot of, maddening frustration and an expression of internal things going on. So like in the same way that the internet is essentially an internal expression, an external expression of uh, an introverted thinker type, you know, an INTP, for example, is likely the, you know, the, the reason for the creation of the internet. Um, you know, we're seeing more external representations of what would normally go inside of a, a thinker introverted an introverted thinker type of brain. And I think we're getting a lot more introverted feeler type of stuff coming out in this form in a lot of self-deprecation and a lot of exploring different emotional states publicly and playing with that in cultural norms. So, um, you know, and, and really tying it to cute things. Like it's really a range and a contrast of emotions going on that is going on. Um, you know, there's one pin here that says like young, dumb and full of existential dread. And I think, I think it's that, it, you know, it's, it's just, there's just a lot of realities, a lot of internal realities coming to the surface that maybe a lot of us weren't able to express in school. We weren't able to express with our parents. We weren't able to express publicly and have wanted to. And I think there's a, there's a commonality with this generation as well, because we grew up in a bit of a monoculture in the nineties, you know, everybody, a lot of people watch the same shows. We were familiar with a lot of the same movies. We didn't have like YouTube splitting the culture in a lot of ways. Um, you know, when, as we were growing up in our formative years of our teens and, you know, that kind of helped define us all in a similar bucket. You know, we were, um, we were, we were, we we're expressing a lot of the same things because we experienced a lot of the same things. Uh, with f different flavors and colors and things like that. But essentially it's a lot of the same frustration of our parents trying to instill uh, a, a life of safety for us. And then we don't have a life of safety. We don't at all. You know, it's, it's difficult to either get a job, get a job that we like and appreciate that we're trying to essentially enjoy life sooner. I think we, I think a lot of us saw our parents struggling as well. And we don't want that for ourselves. And 
like something about this projection is just like a cry for help. <laughs> Basically, this projection is a cry for help from a lot of millennials. And while it's certainly cute, it's also a way that is like it making it funny is like a way of sometimes keeping people there. And I think it's different on a cultural level versus an individual level. Like culturally, it influences other millennials to think that way to think it's cute to be that way. And, you know, another commonality I've noticed is like a lot of millennials use non-committal language. There's a lot of kindas and shortas, sort of, and maybes, and I guess, and I think, and I don't know, you know, stuff like that. And it's just very non-committal language, which I think is in direct opposition to, you know, the previous generation that lived in a sense of certainty. And I think we see, again, we saw a lot of that and didn't like it. <laughs> we don't want that. We don't want rigid a rigid lifestyle. We don't want um, all of the sadness and frustration and quote unquote sacrifice that came from a lot of that type, that, that way of being. So um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take a break. We're going to listen to the, the ad real quick and then I'll be right back and we'll finish this topic. So one of the reasons I, I, I bring this topic up is because I think culturally it's cute and it's fun, but I, I don't know how helpful it is on an individual level, you know, it, I don't know how helpful it is for someone. I don't know if it's helping to further uh, mental illness or it's helping relieve mental illness. You know, it, it's, I'm really just pontificating on the topic because I really have no idea. I'm certainly curious and interested to see how it pans out um, in terms of, of, of people expressing themselves more to as a sense of relief uh, and how much honesty there actually is in it. You know, how much is it someone being honest and then other people latching onto it because they think it's cute and continuing to develop that. It's kind of like another version of the same feeling of like uh, being comfortable in the darkness. And like, there was a metaphor I used the other day with someone online where I said, um, you know, you can get comfortable on a bed of needles. It only hurts when you move. And it's like, that fits in relation to other things that I've talked about in the past in terms of like having depression as a habit. I think I talked about that last week and, you know, kind of owning bad feelings and self-deprecation and just like soaking in it and just like, uh, and feel, you know, but it's like, it's, you're just so used to it and it becomes this like cute projection. You know, it's like this cute darkness <laughs> that is being projected from a lot of millennials out into the world but I don't know how much it's actually helping the conversation to move the needle forward. I think it's creating a lot of exposure. I think it's creating a lot of positive exposure to help people understand that there is some real stuff going on, but it's only presenting the problems. It's not necessarily presenting exclusive uh, uh, solutions. You know, there's like one of the hats says like, I literally do not know what I'm doing. And sometimes that empathy is good. It's nice to know that other people feel the way that you do, which is again, uh, why I say that it feels like an expression of introverted feeler types versus, you know, the internet in itself was an expression of introverted thinker types that all of this self-deprecation is a way for introverted feelers or people who are just a little bit more to have things going on to be able to express it in a way that is socially accepted and not just, having a, uh, a, a podcast or a show that is all about the deep, dark evils and terrors of, you know, uh, 
darkness and deprecation and existential dread and things like that. Uh, You know, you can even say this show is kind of like that. You know, I'm talking about a lot of these heavy topics, but I'm doing it with a smile (laughs) and um, I'm I'm talking about real stuff, but I'm doing it in such a casual way that is hopefully approachable. And, you know, maybe that's the purpose of it. Maybe it is about making all of these topics approachable so people can actually talk about them and be real about them and connect and let people know that, Hey, I deal with this stuff too. I also don't know what I'm doing. And, um, you know, but I think the challenge also is that self-deprecation does not, or self-awareness does not necessarily equal maturity. And I'm also wondering how that falls into the spectrum as well. Do do a lot of millennials feel that the self-awareness gives them permission to continue to be this way? That's the, that's the, that's the thing. That's the, the whole reason that I have this topic is that, you know, is it a reason for us to continue to express things that way and not actually grow because we think it's cute to be a, a, a dumpster fire, <laughs> you know? Um, you know, and we feel that way. We express that way about the world. We express that about politics. We express it that way about all sorts of things. But again, if you continue to make it cru- cute, it kind of like nullifies it. It waters it down. It doesn't make it as serious. You know, how are we going to take you seriously if all you're saying is like, well, you know, existential dread, I guess, <laughs> you know, like you, you gotta, you gotta at least have real honest conversations every once in a while. But I understand making light and adding a sense of levity to it. So again, it's, you know, it's about balance. It's tricky. It's two sides of the coin, but it's certainly just something I wanted to talk about and observe because it sort of falls into this conflict uh, topic that we have this week in relation to ourselves. You know, we have this inner conflict that we're always dealing with about feeling good about ourselves, feeling bad about what we're going, where we're doing, you know, um, accomplishing all sorts of things, celebrating it, and then saying, what next? What now? Oh God. And, um, you know, that's part of it too, is like a lot of the self-deprecating pressures that we feel about ourselves is often an extension of what people have given us, what, what other people have tried to instill in us, you know, create a sense of safety, you know, follow the rules, get a job, go to college, find a nice girl, settle down, have some kids, uh, die, (laughs) you know, like, you know, stuff like that. And I think, I think part of that is all in service of, I think millennials want to live a more fulfilling life. I think we want to just, we want to enjoy more of the moment every single day. And some, and and I think some of that means purging what's happening internally and sharing it with the outside world and relating with each other so that we can support each other's vision of wanting to have a better life and not just waiting until 65 to retire, but actually enjoying every single day to the, the most, you know, fulfilling extent that we can. Um, so one of the challenges again is like with self-deprecation is continuing to feed a sense of positivity and optimism without ignoring your problems. Uh, because for me that leads to mania. And I think that is no different than anyone anyone else's experience. I think just my tuning fork is a lot more sensitive so that if I'm ignoring my stuff for like a day, or two or whatever, I will go into a spiral and I will feel terrible and I will just beat myself up and I will not accomplish anything forever and ever. And I think that's no different than a lot of people's experiences, but they may have a higher threshold for it than I do. That's 
ultimately what I'm saying. So um, I'm going to see if I can find other examples because these are funny, you know, <laughs> but again, um, if, if at first you don't exceed, congratulations, welcome to life. It is hard sometimes, but also mostly okay. So, you know, there's a sense of realism in it too. And I think we're all just trying to process a lot of things. We're all, we're all trying to process the realities of life that I think were covered up for us. Um, I think a lot of our parents tried to, and, you know, with credit to them, I think a lot of our parents tried to create this world of sunshine and rainbows and like, everything's going to be great and you're just going to get a job and everything's going to be swell. But we didn't hear a lot about the difficulties in between, you know, paying taxes <laughs> and, um, you know, be, just kind of being brought, uh, just kind of being brought by surprise, um, brought on by surprise about a lot of things that we have to deal with in adulthood, you know, and, and how are we adults, you know, stuff like that, you know, like, how are we responsible for other human beings? Like what, <laughs> you know, and we're, I think there's just, I don't know that, that the way that millennials express themselves would be that much different than how an older generation might express themselves if they had more ways to connect to one another. Cause then they can be more open and expressive about how difficult it is to raise kids and how difficult it is to get a job. And, um, what the hell is this stuff about taxes and, you know, having to do all these complicated things in life. Um, you know, or maybe it was just like a little bit easier and focused for them. And for us, it's just a little bit more complicated, you know, with like healthcare and politics and racial divides and all this stuff, you know, it's, it's also tricky because there's a lot of good things going on in today's world. Um, there's a lot of bad things, but it's certainly one of the most peaceful times in human existence. So why is it that people are so unhappy and expressing this unhappiness? Uh, and I think it's just, it's just part of the human experience. I think we're just sharing what's going on day to day. And we were able to share what's going on day to day because people are expressing self-doubt. They're still, they're expressing feeling tired and um, what it's like to be human and uh, being honest and being real about that. So again, I think it's, I think it's good as long as people are continuing to be honest about it and not just latching onto it as a means to be like cute or funny. Cause like, I would love to see, like someone like Adam JK, I would love for him to get to the point where he's not doing this anymore because he doesn't have any issues. <laughs> you know, he doesn't have as much to talk about, but you know, there's always going to be things that we're dealing with and that we're always working through. And, um, you know, someone like him is going to continue to do so. But, um, you know, there's one that says, sorry, I'm such an asshole. You know, that's one of the things that stuck out to me too. And that's not unique to millennials, but it's like this self-deprecation that just like gives you permission to continue to be the way you are. And I think, again, you know, that's all tricky. It's like, uh, you want to make a living, <laughs> you want to make cool stuff, you want to express yourself, but to what end? You know, are, are you, is there a plan to try to move forward? Um but again, based on like yesterday's discussion, like when we're in certain levels of self-development, we don't always know that there's a next thing. We don't always know what the next level is going to look like. We don't know that the next season of life is going to be different than the last one. I certainly could never have imagined that I would be here in my life. I would never imagine that I'd have a mental health podcast where I'd be connecting with thousands of people. That's pretty fucking cool. Um, 
And, um, you know, I, I, without this millennial expression of all the difficulties that we've dealt with, uh, I don't know that this podcast would be as, as, uh, well-received as it's been. So it's all just a, it's all just an expression of what's actually going on. I'm not trying to say what anyone should or shouldn't do. <laughs> um, I just, uh, it's just my observation of what I see in a lot of millennial self-deprecation. And I'm hoping that we can, you know, continue to make it cute and it's fun and blah, blah, blah. But like, I just, I want people to grow. I honestly do. I want everyone to move past this. I want us, <clears throat> I want us to be able to acknowledge the things that are difficult in our lives, but to not diminish it. And I think that's the thing that I'm most insulted by when I see a lot of this stuff is it feels like it's diminishing it, you know, young, dumb and full of existential dread. It's like, okay, it's cute, but like it, it just makes it, um, you know, you take it less seriously because it's just applied to cute things. You know, maybe that's part of it too. I don't really know. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, funny how it ends with that, but, um, you know, we're, we're all just trying to get through life. We're all trying to express it. I think we feel more comfortable expressing ourselves, which is a good thing. I, and, um, I'm hoping that we can continue to find a healthy balance between like expressing these things, but then like genuinely working on them and not just, you know, coating some sprinkles on it. You know, that's, that's, that's really it. I don't want us to keep sprinkle coating things as delicious as that would be. And I want ice cream, I want soft serve ice cream with sprinkles. Oh, I want that. That would be great. You know, but I, I get it. Numbing the pain. It's fine, but you know, it's no different in my eyes than alcohol, drugs, anything like that. It's just another version of, of numbing the pain in a different way. It's in a good, positive, productive way. It's much better than alcohol or drugs. I'm not saying that, you know, you're really leaning into the capitalism aspect of it. And a lot of people are buying his stuff, which is great. Um, and he's certainly talented. This is not a knock on Adam JK, by the way, it's just, uh, a good example of the the millennial way these days. So uh, that's it. I'm, I'm done talking about it. <laughs> I don't really have any new thoughts. Um, I'm still kind of working through this. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just curious to see where this goes. This is something that I'm interested in regards to like the internal conflict that a lot of millennials are de- dealing with in terms of expressing themselves, but also not sugarcoating it too much because we want to be taken seriously. Right. So, Um, or do we want to be taken seriously? I don't know. I don't want to be taken seriously, but I want to be, I want my serious things to be taken seriously. Does that make sense? So, um, that's it. If you have any comments or questions, you can leave me a voice message here on anchor or hit me up at let's go see notes on all the, on the Twitters and all the social channels. Um, if you go to dopamine.life, you can support the show by subscribing to the show and, um, and supporting the show by clicking the support this podcast button and leave a monetary support thing and um and leaving a review and a rating on your favorite platform would be amazing as well to continue to create exposure for the show and um if you want to learn more about me go to cnote.media to check out my courses and what i am and who i do and stuff like that wait what no (laughs) i mean i don't 
whatever. Anyway, <laughs> take care of yourselves and each other. Um, tomorrow we're going to kind of recap what's what I've been talking about this week. And I think I've kind of figured out that conflict model, or at least I'm getting a little bit closer. So I'm going to talk a little bit that a little bit more tomorrow on dopamine. Bye. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to dopamine and providing your support for this show. I really, really appreciate it. If you really love this show, leave a review on iTunes and Stitcher to show some love for the podcast. You can also check out cnote.media to check out my work and my courses. But um, with that, we'll catch you next time. See you guys later.